It's episode 127 of the Auto What podcast. I'm Amon Bashir. With me is Keegan On and Rob Trell. And our guest today is Charlie Hopner. How's it going, Charlie? Hey, good. Thanks. So, Charlie, in front of us, we have some beer. Uh, and we're going to check out what we're drinking first before getting into your story. So, Rob, what are we drinking? Today, we're drinking a beer from Hop City Brewing. And uh, this beer is called Payday. It's another seasonal beer, which I thought. I don't actually know which season. I never know which beer season refer which beers seasonal refer to if it's generally the winter or generally the spring. But this one is out in the spring. It's new from Hop City. So uh, how's it taste? It's generally the the current season. I think. I think it just means know, like temporary. There are year long seasonals though. Like I don't, that's, I that's know. true. That's the true. Water cycles. What's that? Like it's a cycle. Yeah. I guess. But in theory, this means sort of like a spring summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It's it's nice. I I. I rarely have an issue with Hop City. I feel like Keegan might, but uh, it's, yeah, I actually don't have much to say about this. Uh, Charlie, what do you think about this? Is this like, is a seasonal the same as like a saison for beer? Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, it's got a very um, summery taste, I would say. It definitely does. Got like a bit of a citrus tinge to it and... um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I um it's like just on the like kind of more bitter side of like I'm pretty into like white beers, so this right. is a nice like change. Yeah. Mm. It's it's a strong beer, six point two. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which is interesting. It's got some hops on the back end or like yeah. some bitterness on the back end yeah. instead of like right in your face immediately. Mm-hmm. It's a bit yeah. after, which is nice. I like evaluating the hops they use. This one has a hop called Magnum. Mm. What what is it you like about that, Rob? I think it's a funny word. Good for you. People who've watched um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia will understand why I think that word in particular is so funny, but I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. Well, with that, that's what we're drinking today. Uh, but Charlie, tell us a bit about yourself. So, I, you know, I know... Obviously, you want to talk about you know the band uh, Valois as well mm-hmm. as uh, a few other endeavors that you've taken on. Uh, but first, just tell us about where you're from and sort of how you got to where you are. I was born in um, uh, Stittsville, um, which at the time was just outside of Ottawa. Now it's in Ottawa. Um, uh, I went to uh, Bell though with uh, Keegan and. Um, uh, yeah, I used to do um, musical theater and uh, stuff in high school, and I was also um, in a band back then. But then I decided to try and like go into uh, filmmaking, and I took uh, cinema studies at uh, U of T. Um, but I uh, realized I actually really like hate being on set. So oh, I uh, and I like really missed doing the music that I did in high school. So I started. Um, you know, uh, doing like recording projects again. It was like starting from scratch almost, but um, I've been doing that ever since while like kind of doing um, more like commercial video production um, for, you know, uh, my like kind of paying job. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Charlie, what didn't you like about being on set? Or can you name a few things that, that bugged you about? Um, I found like doing actual films in Toronto, um, like doing extra work I liked, but, um, Mm -hmm. I found like there was such a, uh, crunch, um, for, for like kind of the people I knew in 
production who were doing like PA work and whatnot for like very little pay and like of everyone I knew who was like doing that a lot was like um, very like, uh, I wanted to say underslept, but that's not, <laughs> I spent like two months in Montreal, I forgot English. Um, uh, it's like, it, it was, it just seemed like a very stressful environment. And there was this point where I, um, where the like um, apartment building I lived in, in Toronto, like someone was shooting a film that I was not involved with at all in the lobby. I uh, came downstairs, uh, left the elevator, and then the director started yelling at me that I was in a bad spot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is where I live. I just want to like <laughs> leave the building. <laughs> and it just kind of clicked with me that I was like, I don't really want to you know be in this atmosphere and especially because like um <laughs> wanting to like do movies it's such a um it's really rewarding when you make a film but it's so expensive to actually you like especially um like like feature film productions are it's so much different people involved i realized i could like do a lot more artistically just like working on music and performance and like working on, you know, having that kind of instant feedback with the audience and mm -hmm. music was just a better fit for me. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, what, what kind of musical endeavors did you take on or did you jump right to Valois? Um, well, it started with me having the stage name Charles Valois, um, cause, um, my sister and I, uh, used to pass this, like, um, my family's from Sudbury and uh, okay. on the way up, we would pass this place called the Valois Motel that like, as kids, we both thought looked so cool. Cause it had this big, like orange sign and the V had like a line that went across all the letters and it just looked really like futuristic and like retro at the same time yeah. she was like oh you should name yourself after that and i was like oh charles valois <laughs> kind of has a ring to it that's all it took yeah, yeah. All, i love that <laughs> so it started yeah it started with me doing like um songs that were like built around kind of like uh acoustic guitar and then like programmed like electronic instruments okay. and um there was like a little bit like um that uh, first record, Nightmares, like one of the songs got into one of the Blog TO, like weekly mixtapes and stuff. And um, so, and then I, I, I sort of kept in that direction, but started bringing in more live instrumentation and like eventually like ended up like back in Ottawa and was able to like find people to like be a band and um, kind of take it in a more like organic like um, direction musically. And at that point, when it was the band, I dropped the Charles off it, and then the okay. band is just Valois. So, so at what point did like what year was the inception of Valois the band? Uh, twenty fourteen, I think. Okay, so you've been going. Twenty fifteen would be the first like release that we okay. we did. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. and, and how did you find sort of breaking in? Uh, sorry, that was here in Ottawa. Is that correct? Or is that uh, still in Toronto? So the first bit was in Toronto. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the first, like the most recent uh, record we put out is the also the first one we did when I was back in Ottawa. Makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how, how could you, could you uh, even, I guess, compare the musical scene and breaking into that scene in Toronto versus Ottawa? Because I guess you've done both. 
Uh, yeah, it was, um, it's a lot easier to like get shows and get stuff off the ground. I think in Ottawa, like when you're first starting out, like, mm -hmm. um, uh, cause it's a bit smaller of a scene and we have a lot of, um, good spaces like, um, that have opened up like live on Elgin and pressed and whatnot that like are fairly, and then like places like avant-garde too, that are, are fairly like, um, easy to book if you have a, a small, but like steady following. And, um, so I found that easier in Ottawa, but I find in Ottawa, there's only like there's a, like a fairly small amount of blogs dedicated to music. Okay. So we always had a better time getting our stuff like out in Toronto blogs and like whatnot um, than in Ottawa ones. But it was a lot easier to actually like build up a fan base and like start like seriously like gigging in Ottawa. And we only really started doing that in Toronto um, after words because I didn't have a band together in Toronto so I would right. play acoustic shows and stuff but it wasn't really um it didn't really like it doesn't have the same impact as, no. as playing with a band sure that makes mm -hmm. sense that's interesting uh so your bandmates all from Ottawa or different places as well uh they're all from Ottawa originally um Megan Miller I think has been on this she has yeah, yeah yeah absolutely um and then um uh, yeah, Shannon Murray and uh, Don Rankin. Um, and uh, originally we had a, a drummer named um, Dan, um, but he moved to um, uh, Kingston. Um, and so we were playing a show in Toronto and needed a drummer to fill in. And, and Don uh, was our... Um, was the drummer like in my high school band um right. and uh we asked him to do it and then it just kind of even though he was living in toronto at that time it just kind of clicked and then that's kind of when we started um playing in toronto more as a band um um so um yeah we are all from ottawa but at this point um don and shannon are in toronto and um, megan and i are in montreal oh wow. Makes sense. Hmm. yeah and so how does that work with like rehearsing and scheduling shows like um uh scheduling shows um we're trying to make sure we do little tours instead of one-off shows right. right um makes sense yeah it makes the most sense like um both financially and in terms of like maximizing the effectiveness of our time together and then um in terms of rehearsals um luckily like we had a pretty good handle on the material um from our time in Ottawa, I used to go down to Toronto for like a week uh, at a time um, last uh, summer um, to just rehearse with um, Don and Shannon and to like kind of get everything up to snuff there. Um, and then now we're at a point where um, Megan and I do rehearsals as like kind of like just our section of the band because she's uh doing keyboards and also like handling bass with her left hand on the keyboard so okay. um we're able to like work out how we lock in together and then i still go down to toronto sometimes to practice with um don and shannon but um we are getting comfortable enough with the material now that um we're able to often just um book uh like a few days before each tour 
uh, where we'll plan to be in the same place and then like mm. do rehearsals. Makes so, sense. Um, mm-hmm. How often do you find yourself on tour? Um, so this arrangement is is kind of new. So this is um, as of like tomorrow uh, is our second time that we're like actually like consciously doing a row of like shows um last time it was montreal and toronto and ottawa this time kind of came together um fairly last minute and we're doing ottawa and toronto um together um so um yeah it's 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 a new uh process for us but it it went really well uh like last time doing the three in a row mm-hmm. Hmm. you know i always forget to ask this when we have musicians on charlie charlie do you yeah. want to tell us a bit about the type of music you play and your oh bands? yeah and- um so uh, we play um, we play kind of a combination of like uh, indie rock, um, like kind of in the vein of like like we used to listen to, well, still do, but um, we were all into like uh, Metric and Arcade Fire and stuff, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then like also like with a lot of focus on um, like having a really like visually like kind of unified and like exciting live show Mm, and we kind of take influence from like uh like people like david bowie and like bruce springsteen for Mm -hmm. like kind of the types of live shows they would put on um and then like even like locally like the peptides um do really cool stuff that like you know is really inspiring um and and fat nat same thing um so, uh, yeah, uh, we, it's pretty, like, synthesizer-heavy, the stuff that we play, mm-hmm. um, but with, like, really um, kind of classic pop songwriting a lot of the time. Um, but uh, usually the songwriting is kind of classic pop, and we'll push the arrangements in kind of weirder directions. Yeah, that makes Very sense. Cool. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, obviously there are always new bands starting off and, and stuff, and you seem to be pretty well-established. Uh can you talk about some of the, the lessons you've learned over the years or things you wish you knew when you started, you know, mistakes or otherwise, you know, like, for example, you know, I mean, you talked about just being an engaging band or, you know, taking after people like Bowie or otherwise mm-hmm. for to be entertaining as well as, you know, to play good music. Yeah. But I'm sure, you know, you didn't have that right off the bat. So are there things that, you know, you for for a band that's upcoming, for example, are there tips that you might be able to give? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing, like, practically, um, I found, because it's true, it, do- it doesn't come naturally necessarily to know kind of how you're moving on stage and, and how that projects to the audience. And it was, like, really simple, but I, um, I'm surprised I didn't, like, think of it for the first, like, four years that I was, like, playing live, um, but just practicing in front of a mirror... Um, right rather than uh so that like you're not only like able to like hear yourself obviously but actually see like how you're projecting the emotion like in your face and whatnot um i took a bit of dance lessons um because i wanted to like try and be more in touch with just like how to move my body Mm because it's it's a weird thing like even um it's not like there's like a ton of like dance in our show is like there's there's choreographed moments and stuff but even just um 
like knowing how to move your body to a beat in a natural way right. is like mm-hmm. a learned thing. Like, uh, like if, if I, you saw me at any like dance in, in like high school or whatever, I would have just been like bobbing my head slightly <laughs> off <laughs> right. rhythm, you know, it's, it, you have to really consciously like be aware of your movements. So mm-hmm. I, I found dance was helpful for that. Um, and then the other thing, um, I think as a more like broad, like advice that like is, is really being relevant a lot lately is that like, there's a lot, um, it can be really like discouraging when like you don't get into a festival or like you don't yeah. hear back from like a blog or, or from my, um, you know, uh, an opportunity that you were looking for, but, um, fundamentally like being able to like get an audience out to your shows and, and being able to like foster like fans who really like enjoy what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, is like a lot more important than a lot of kind of the like things that kind of signify success to people. Like, um, like obviously like if you're being shared a lot on blogs and stuff like, or like getting a lot of radio plays, like that's good. But like, um, I think I would trade like any of that to have like, you know, a hundred more fans in a lot of scenarios, um, which is not to like put down obviously like, you know, what we're doing right now and, and stuff like that. But it's just more like, um, like it, opportunities don't necessarily like kind of come to you in a linear way. Like if you are, you know, putting yourself out there, like people will start to notice after a while. And a lot of, you know, a lot of festivals, a lot of, um, a lot of things that involve programming really come down to the tastes of like one person. Right. Right. Mm. So you shouldn't get down on yourself as a musician. If you know, you're not getting a lot of hype because if, if you are, you know, getting your stuff out to new audiences, uh, you know, regularly and like, have your own like big audience, like people are going to start to notice and you know, the sort of people who, do like your stuff already are going to take you a lot further than the people who you're, you know, having to prove yourself to. Yeah. Oh, hey, that, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's interesting. Um, okay. I, I, I want to, I want to touch on a lot more of that. Uh, Keegan, why don't we, we take a quick break do classic Ottawa and we'll get back to some of, uh, uh, Charlie's stuff. Sure thing. Uh, classic Ottawa is our news segment where we talk about the news and what is going on in the city. What city is that? The city. Okay. Okay. Capital T, <laughs> capital C. Ottawa police are looking for a suspect after $4,000 was stolen from an autism awareness fundraiser this past weekend. Oh, and I'm just getting an update from the autism group now. Yes, they want me to clarify that it was $4,537.83. Okay. All right. It's very specific. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ottawa will be one of the first areas in the province to utilize a new paramedic dispatch system that will give the most serious cases top priority. The reviews for the new program have been mixed. While some applaud the government for trying to improve the system, many are asking the same question what cases were getting top priority before? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Police are warning that uh, Vanier residents to be on alert due to a series of suspicious arsons in the area. Residents are urged to take precautions, such as locking their doors and not letting someone burn their house down. <laughs> the, the two big ones to watch out for. Yeah. 
And finally, Mayor Watson has said that Ottawa will be beefing up security for this year's Canada Day in light of recent terror attacks. Changes include a stronger police presence on the ground, bag checkpoints, and an OC Transpo fair hike. Every year. Yeah, Every it's year. like clockwork. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it. It's not bad. And that was the, the news this week. All right. Not bad. Any thoughts on any, any of that? I like Comments. the fair hikes thing. Seems a little out of place, but you got to do what you got to do. That's right. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think but about fair hikes, Charlie? It was really... Before or against? <laughs> it was really weird, like, first getting to Montreal, and they have, like, this massive um, subway system, and it's, like, 325. Yeah. And then I come back here, and it's 350. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think public transit should be should receive better funding so that it costs less per trip because I think it's something that has a lot of like potential to to make like a lot more you know to give a lot more freedom of movement to people yeah, yeah. who like can't necessarily drive or whatnot so I yeah I mean I I'm against fair hikes on principle like just cuz um yeah I think it's cool what Edmonton's doing their um their metro pass is um like for the lowest income residents per month, it's five dollars. Oh wow! I'm interested to see oh, how that's going yeah. to go because, like, I could imagine that, like, literally making it easier for people to travel probably will help with social mobility. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's interesting. They're working on a low fare transit pass. I forget what they call it, but this year they're they're deb- they've debuted like I don't know if it's a pilot or if it's like a certain number, but you can apply if you're below a certain income threshold. You can apply for a reduced cost OC transport pass, and I think it's oh, about, right? it's about half the price of the regular yeah. one. So it's not it's not nearly as much as five dollars a month. Which mm-hmm. I think I, I said uh, when I first heard about the low income thing, I was like, I would pay more taxes if it meant that people could have like with low income could take transit because mm-hmm. sure. it yeah. seems like it should be available. Like I live right by Montfort Hospital, yeah, and so if when I got on the bus in the morning, every couple of days, every maybe twice a week. I'll see someone who's clearly just gotten out of the hospital and they're waiting for the bus. And mm-hmm. sometimes they're people that don't have money and like they'll either ask for fare or they'll ask the bus driver, like try to get them to, to just let them on. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you can't afford bus fare, like clearly you can't afford bus fare, there should be a system in place yeah. to let you get around by public transit. Like mm-hmm. everyone else is there. And like there are going to be people who try to take advantage of the system, obviously, yeah. like there, there are now, yep. but it seems like... They could definitely be helped more. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say, I, if we had a program like that, I, I would just quit my job and ride the <laughs> bus for half price. <laughs> you would quit your job, yeah, because then you don't have to work and you get to ride the bus. How are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know where you there, live. There are too many arguments here. I'll, 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 I'll leave it be. Leave it to Keegan. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, Charlie, what are before we get to some, uh, you know, back to back to your music and some of the things you've done. Um, Let's talk about Ottawa a bit. What do you, what what do you like about Ottawa? I know you wrote a few things down on uh, on your pre interview forum, but just off the top of your head, what are some of the the key spots to see? What are the the, the highlights? What are the the cool spots? Um, the thing I really love about Ottawa is um, like I'm really into. Um, I kind of realized when I lived in Toronto, I'm really into like outdoor stuff, like skiing, like mm-hmm. cycling and whatnot. And yeah. like kind of missed a lot of that. Um, I love that here, like you can go off road, like on just like dedicated um, bike paths. You can yeah. get like to any of the like transit stations, any of the major um, 
like areas in the city. Um, and um, I, uh, so yeah, I really love the bike infrastructure. I love how much public space there is in Ottawa. Like I love even like, um, like places like Britannia Beach where like, um, you have like a bike uh, path running through it, and then you have like areas where people can have barbecues, right. and, um, like the outdoor. Uh, they have an outdoor burger place there, and like volleyball, and um, you know, just hanging out with people like at the beach is a fun thing to do. Even though we get about a month or so where you <laughs> yeah. can actually do that, yeah, minus yeah. the E. coli warnings. Yes, of course. So, like seven-ish days that like you can enjoy <laughs> the beach in Ottawa. Like worth it. Makes it very yeah. special. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so I love the outdoor space. And then I, I, there, I think there's some great restaurants in town. Like I love Corazon de Maiz in um, the market, the like little um, uh, taco place. And um, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that like a truck or is it a restaurant? Uh, no, it's in the actual like market building. The only thing is that they're only open till six a lot of right. days. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, but hmm. they have like amazing. Um, tacos um i was at one point dating someone from the states and and took them there after they had like been to ottawa like um you know for a, a bunch of times and like kind of had given up on on mexican food here and um i took her to that restaurant and she just like actually got mad at me she was like why, why didn't you take me here like earlier <laughs> immediately <laughs> i was like oh sorry yeah um uh but yeah i mean like uh, and, um, I love some of the, um, the, the events we have, like, um, uh, last year when, uh, Marvist was happening, which is like the kind of all the local acts that are part of, um, folk fa fest, but they like do it in all different, like places that aren't normally music venues. Like we played at the wild out, but then it, it oh, ended cool. up being this fun atmosphere where like, then you'd run down the street to the like olive oil store. Cause like <laughs> right. this like really great, uh, well, yeah, this like awesome, um, kind of, uh, poet slam poet, like musician, like rapper, like extraordinaire from like Hull is playing. And then like, Oh, it's like up, bank street like because like a friend's band is on after and then uh like uh like true man show is playing up the street like and i'm friends with them like i want to go up there and like sure. it like was uh, one of the first times where uh, i had like been in ottawa and doing music stuff and it felt just really like organic and like fun and like hmm. um like a big community you know yeah. like yeah no, it makes sense uh, you mentioned Live on Elegant earlier as well, and that's mm -hmm. that's a, a, I guess not a new spot anymore, but it's a new-ish spot. Yeah, and it's uh, you know I, we've all we've had previous guests, and I think we've all we've all been, we've all there. been there. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've all been there. So it's it's cool to see places that are a bit more performance. Uh, yeah. Centric. Uh, Atomic Rooster is another one that comes to mind, but uh, that's that's clearly something that you probably enjoy as well. Live on Elegant. Yeah, Live on Elgin is, um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it, actually, because, um, like, every time we've played there, it's been, like, an awesome experience. And, like, um, the fact that um, they, like, opened a venue at a time when, like, mugshots closed and, like, yeah. all these different, like, um, like the Umi Cafe stopped having their open mic. Like, the music scene was really hurting, and it really came at a good time yeah. to have this, like, 100-person, like, rock room 
that um, you could fill up and actually make a decent amount of money off off playing music there like if if you can fill it up and also it's just a really like supportive like cool space that like people just like enjoy you know going and seeing shows in um they have a little cordoned off area where you can watch the hockey game which is like super nice as well and um yeah it's it's just nice to see that even when you know things are looking bad for like the local music scene and a bunch of places like aren't doing as well you know there's people who are still determined to like like make the scene you know as good as it can be and yeah yeah, live on elgin's done a really great job of that i think yeah absolutely what what i really like about that again is because it it's designed for performance and and Mm -hmm. i i I do enjoy going to you know that the pubs that i've gone to and there's sort of a musical act in the corner or something but but even in a way that the tables and chairs are designed it's lower at the beginning it gets higher and higher it's almost Mm -hmm. like uh, audit, auditorium seating without being an auditorium. So yeah. it works for improv, it works for, for, for performing arts, it works mm-hmm. for music, it works all around, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. It's nice to have spaces like built for, for, for that performance. Kind of yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if I understand correctly, you made it into a song of yours. Is that right? Um, yes. It's in, uh, we have a song called um, Ottawa Love Song, and um, there's a line in it like, across a sea of hair, Jackie's staring back at me. Um, and it's talking about Jackie Neville because I wrote that line sitting in live on Elgin on the night they opened and balconies was playing and it was just like crowded and like um, Jackie Neville's not like even with the stage was not really taller than like all the like people who were like standing up near the front so I could like just see her eyes and hair (laughs) and then it was just a sea of people and I was like wow like this is I'm getting cool vibes about this space. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Uh, anything else? Oh, I, there's, sorry, there's one more thing about Ottawa. Uh, you're on your way home from Blues Fest one year. What happened? Oh yeah. So I was. Um, oh, this was in high school, and um, I remember it because I, um, I, I made the rather like high school choice of like wearing like glasses with no lenses in them to of course. <laughs> Blues Fest. And yep. um, uh, I was walking, uh, I took the like 96 back to Stittsville and that was when the 96 like ran like every hour unless you showed up slightly late and then you'd be, like <laughs> waiting another two hours. But um <laughs> I I got back to like Amberwood Village and and was walking down the street and this car drove up and like stopped like right beside me. Okay. And I was like, oh shit! Like I've like uh, this car is definitely following me. Like what am I gonna <laughs> do? And then all of a sudden it's like, psh, and like uh, on pure adrenaline I like <laughs> stuck up both my middle <laughs> fingers because like I. I don't know why that would have been like at all <laughs> the appropriate intimidating to yeah. these people in a car, but um, they they had shot me with a, a BB gun or some sort of metal Ooh. pellet gun. So I like was walking home and like like just noticed like my arm feels wet, but it was just all blood. Oh, I managed to hit like a spot, I guess that like actually like had some like blood behind it, um, and. Um, yeah, no, it was like messed up and it was like 
uh, yes, I don't know. Stittsville back then was like a weird place. There, there would be just like bros driving around, like looking to like yell at people or like shoot people with BB guns. Like I know someone else. So random. Yeah, like someone got egged out of a car like around that time, but they got hit in the eye. Oh, um, so yeah, like it was freaky, like even just like, you know, walking around for a while. Cause it's like, you know, kind of like shakes your sense of security. But, um, sure. like, I mean, thankfully it was like just a BB gun and well, it was right. like classic yeah. Ottawa, but <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're, we're running up on time, but I want to get back to, uh, Valois and, and all things music as well as you apparently worked for the Montreal Canadiens. Oh yeah. So one of my um, video jobs that I had was for a company called Blomley communications that, that um, it's based in Bell's corners and they got the contract to do the like hundred years of the Montreal Canadiens DVD. Yeah. So yeah, that was like one of my first like experiences in video. Um, I had to um, like, go through all the like uh stanley cup win like reels yeah. like um like the highlight reels from like the 25 or uh 24 Four, yeah yeah 24 <laughs> <laughs> um 24 years that they won and then um like also um like some full games like um like the 76 game against the red uh, army team sure um and, like amazing hockey but basically it was like every frame like pause it scrub backwards see if i can see the numbers write down which players are on the ice like <laughs> oh, or like geez. not write down but like log yeah, it yeah. in the pro- program right with yeah. the time code which is like really tedious work but at the same time like it got me into hockey yeah, yeah. i wasn't a huge sports person before that but <laughs> right, like having right. to watch it you know over and over that'll that do it torturous yeah, <laughs> yeah it <laughs> was like hockey fan it was like being tortured to start loving hockey <laughs> but yeah. then um they ended up like inviting me out to like actually get more involved with the shoots and the interviews and stuff so yeah. it ended up being pretty cool oh, nice. yeah very cool stockholm syndrome oh yeah. that's <laughs> something else <laughs> uh so let's talk uh, a bit about your well you have a new record coming out mm-hmm. is that right we'll talk about your new record what's it called first of all um it's called um we're all in this together but you Okay. And um yeah, we're um we're working on it um still right now, but we've got about um 10 songs demoed that we're just trying to take to the next level. We're self-producing it and um uh we've started playing um some of them live. So if you catch us at live on Elgin this week or um uh I don't know if I should reference this week. Uh, this will be released on Thursday. So on Thursday, okay. Yeah. So if you catch us yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> we will have played some of it. But yeah, um, yeah we're going in kind of a more, um, more danceable, kind of more upbeat direction with it, but still preserving a lot of the like, um, like electronics and um, like multi-layered vocals that we've been doing on the last record. Sure, not mm-hmm. bad. And, and how have your previous record? records fared are, are, are you happy with how, how how things have gone or uh you know what, what, like talk about sort of uh the reach maybe they've had uh uh yeah so i think the 
first one. I mean, there was that blog to featured one song from like the very first thing I did. Other than that, um, it it was on a like a blog called um, Beach Sloth, um, and actually a really good reviewer. Um, but that was kind of its entire reach was just the two um, blogs and a couple gigs in like Stittsville and, and Toronto. Um, sure. Um, and then, um, our second record girls was kind of the first time that I worked with a few of the people who would later end up being in the live van. And I'm really happy how that one turned out. Like it was a little bit more, um, again, like not, not a huge reach, but I think artistically, like it was a, it was a big thing for me to finish like kind of a full length album for the first time and um it got in uh, a few blogs that we've had good relationships with like um silent shout and um uh uh we've like i played like a lot more acoustic gigs and started to get more serious around then so um and then um love dies but you won't um like kind of instantly like got like a lot more listens online than that one and and i think um like reached out to more people it got in the um chuo charts um, okay. oh yeah and uh yeah so i'm really happy with how, with how that one fared because um i that was when we started playing together live and it was a very good like thing to have you know ready to promote when we mm. started playing and um i i think it uh really helped us like kind of reach our initial audience yeah that, no that, that mm. makes sense to me uh so we, we do have another topic that we could talk about, and yeah, we have a bit more time. So something I found interesting in your in in the pre-interview form that you filled mm-hmm. out is that you you linked some some ties to you know mental health and music, mm-hmm. and also some some things that you've gone through. And I'm just wondering if you just wanted to touch on 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 sort of how it's played a role either you know in your life or in your music or or, or, or otherwise because I think I think it's important to talk about mm-hmm. you know things of that sort and I'm just curious you know what what you're willing to share what you're able uh, to share yeah I I think it's I think it's important to talk about because I think that the like like the life of being an artist can be like really um, you can feel really atomized and it can be very alienating. Mm. And I think a lot of artists do like suffer from various mental illnesses. Um, I, I was di- uh, diagnosed with clinical depression when I was making love dies, but you won't. And it was uh, like tough at times. Like uh, there was um, like, times where like I would you know only get maybe 20 minutes in of like solid work on on the album because that was all I really had the energy for but um I think like in spite of that like um you know wanting to reach out to people who experience stuff like that like can be a really like driving and motivating force and um i i really wish that there was like more resources just in general for people to be able to um access around mental health because it's it's very um like i've had the you know privilege of of being able to go to therapy and 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 stuff like that but it it's not you know financially like available to a lot of people right. um and i think specific to music too like it it would be really nice if if there was kind of more of a forum where musicians could share their um experiences cuz um yeah i think sometimes it gets a little romanticized like with art um and and people kind of see it as like 
oh, well, it spurs on all this creation, but it's like, it can be a real impediment to creation. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it really is, is an illness. Um, and, um, I mean, like I deal with anxiety as well and it can be, you know, around very like irrational seeming things like driving to gigs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of forgetting where I was going with this, <laughs> but it's, I, I just think it's important to like, you know, be as open about that stuff as, as one can be, because, um, it's not always like easy to, to be doing really any sort of work in, in this, uh, society. And, um, I think it always feels better when personally, like I hear, you know, from other people about their experiences and realize that it's not, you know, as, you know, that, that I'm not like alone in this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Are there, so I, I guess I, I'm going to repeat a similar question from before in that, you know, the way we talked about, is there advice you'd give to, to bands starting out? Is there advice that you'd give to a younger Charlie? Oh, geez. Um, um, in, in this sense, in the sense of, you know, seeking out resources in terms yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, I think being raised as like a man in this society, there's kind of a taboo around sometimes like being vulnerable and being like willing to admit when you need help with things. And if there's one thing I'd really like to see, you know, go away and, and I mean, I've, there's, there's a whole host of issues, you know, for, for women too, like around like accessing mental health care and, and stuff. But if I'm talking about like a young Charlie, like it, it's just really like, you know, not to feel any shame about that sort of thing because, um, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's not a sign of weakness or like, you know, something that you have to hide or feel like you can't ask help for, you know? Yeah. It's, um, and and I really wish that like I I think there's been a lot of really good strides like um, in in recent years towards you know kind of redefining it in that way. But I still remember like growing up, it it, it felt like something that you kind of had to keep to yourself. Yeah, I get right. that. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, sort of tying it into to what we talked about earlier as well. Do you find it? Uh, you know, do you find? either in increasing or do you find any link between this and your musical endeavors or things of that sorts, or are they very separate parts of your life? Just out of curiosity. Um, I don't think they're as, as, as linked. Uh, I mean, it, they're linked in the sense that the, obviously all my experiences like affect kind of my artistic outlook, yeah. but, um, I think that they're not always linked in the ways that people think like there are songs that I've written to, you know, try and like process things or feel better about things like, um, like a lot of love dies, but you won't was like written after like a particularly like bad breakup. Right. Yeah. Um, but like there's, um, th there's other ways and it'll be like, you know, if, if I'm like fairly depressed, like it, it can be hard to work cause it's just, um, hard to even really judge my own music sometimes like whether or not it's good because like when you don't really have like a really strong emotional response to things yeah. it's kind of hard to say like okay should i go to like an a minor here or should i go like down to the e minor right. like it, it really affects things in negative ways but it can definitely like spur 
some like kind of cathartic creation and music can be very right. cathartic and healing. Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. that that's mm. an interesting thing in itself. And in, in when you look at, you know, what you've produced, yeah, you know, I mean, you're, you're almost, you're, you're judging yourself, right? Mm -hmm. do you, who do you turn to or how, how do you determine whether, okay, this is something that I'm going to put out there or not? Or do you have, whether it's your bandmates, you have other people, do you, you know, how, how do you, how does one vet whether this is something that we're happy to, to, to put out? Megan is brutally honest. And okay. I love her for that because there is really like, there's not a lot of people who are like brutally honest, like in the arts. And it's probably a good thing. Cause like, it's not always like, it has to come from someone who you really like respect the opinions of, or else I right. don't think it's meaningful, but like, right. um, I find working with her and bouncing a lot of the songwriting ideas off of her and arrangement ideas is good. Cause I know that she is going to tell me exactly what she thinks of it and, you know, isn't afraid of telling me when she, you know, thinks that, an idea that I have just isn't strong enough. Yeah. And I like being able to bounce ideas off of someone who, you know, actually actively challenges me to like make things better, you yeah. know, cause it's, it's really a lot of the time, like people will just be like, Oh yeah, that's really cool. Like, and focus kind of on the positive things. But I think like, holistically like you have to also like you know suss out what your weaknesses are as an cool. artist in order to like grow it's uh I, I did a bit of a martial art called sistema once and um uh like practicing it even as a beginner you hit for real and um um, you would do like these like Pilates type like holds, but like on your fists on the ground yeah. and stuff like huh. there's like some ridiculous stuff. But the instructor at one point was like, um, pain is good because it shows you like where you can improve. And I think at one point he also said like, you know, if you're like shaking and can like barely like hold yourself in like the push up position, like that shaking's good because it's like the it's the weakness leaving your body. Oh, and it was very like, it was, it was neat. Cause like it, it, looking at things in that way, it was very like, it was kind of like you had to be humble in order to like improve at it. And I think that like that holds for a lot of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you know, I, I think that's a perfect place to sort of stop the the episode we've we've come up on time and i think that's a good lesson to sort of end yeah, off yeah, on. sure so there's that so one last time i want to give you a chance to promote every, anything you want to promote whether it's social media websites albums anything mm -hmm. now's your time uh yeah so um you can check us out on um valois that's v-a-l-o-i-s dot bandcamp dot com uh, is where you can stream our uh, record, Love Dies But You Won't. And if you check us out on um, Facebook, um, uh, Valois Music, um, we, that's our uh, band page. And you can give us a like if you want to be um, in the loop on our future endeavors. And um, yeah, and then you can catch us yesterday at uh, Live on Elgin <laughs> or um, today in uh, Toronto at the Piston. All so right. um, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Keegan, where can the listeners find us? Uh, people can find us at www.google.com and nope. then you go into the search bar <laughs> type Ottawa, and you, you write Ottawa podcast and then minus, uh, and then, uh, the secret lives of public servants 
and then you'll probably find our podcast. It's very pop. Uh, it's like a new yeah, popular yeah. podcast. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. interesting. Definitely. Great. So exclude that from your search. And that'll you, be our You our know site. what? I was going to say this <laughs> might be the best advice Keegan's given for how to find us, but yeah. then it took a weird turn. Yeah, there. he really blew it. So, Rob, can you correct him? Well, I mean, that, that first, I guess is kind of the accurate. The first couple of steps, steps would work. Yeah. You you will find a link to our show if you yeah. type in What's a faster way Ottawa about? Podcast on Google, but sure. ottawapodcast.com would also work. Beautiful. And uh, anything else? No. I think we're like, we're in a good place. Yeah. All right. Keegan, anything to add? Charlie's wearing a cool sweater. Great. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Check it out on the website, I guess. We'll see the picture. There you go. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And uh, Charlie, you get the chance to end the episode now with just by saying out of what? Out of what? 